0: The city that started it all. It's a beautiful day.
1: What a priceless goal that could prove to be.
2: He's going to unleash one.
1: Oh! Sheffield Wednesday celebrate. Really Billy Sharp, you do not leave that man unmarked in the box. Sheffield United have the lead.
0: The latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum.
1: Morning all, welcome to another special edition of Football Forum here on Captivate. Um, Another unexpected one, but given the news that broke on Friday night and uh, we've had the weekend to digest the news. Obviously, you may remember that uh, we announced the, the news that Gary Monk had been sacked last Monday night. And uh, we brought you a special edition about Gary Monks sacking on Tuesday. Wednesday have been swift to respond to a man going out the door. they brought a man in now. Tony Pulis has been confirmed as the new Sheffield Wednesday manager on a two-and-a-half-year deal. Um, the 62-year-old who has been out of work since he left Middlesbrough in the middle of 2019. Um, he was the first choice for Sheffield Wednesday and it was a an done deal announced on Friday evening. Now, we've had the weekend to digest the news and to bring in uh, pretty much one of the experts when it comes to Sheffield Wednesday um, in this area. We're delighted to uh, to welcome Dom Housen to Football Forum for the very first time. Morning, Dom. Morning. Morning. Great to have you with us on the programme. Um, We've also got Connor with us as usual to uh, to give his take on the news. So, uh, so we're going to get straight into the news. Obviously, Gary Monk went. Tony Pulis came in on Friday evening. Um, so, Dom, to kick things off, obviously, Paul Cook has spoken over the weekend to Sky, and he said that there was never any truth in the rumours surrounding him. Never any contact from Wednesday. Pulis was the number one target all along. Why did Chancery and Wednesday go with Pulis?
2: I think they wanted an experienced man. Uh, That was the number one priority, really, for the club. With the situation that they find themselves in, second from bottom in the Championship, three wins from the first 11 games, so it's not been the best of starts. Yes, they've got the points deduction, which is a big factor too, but... Um, I think, you know, they had conversations with Tony Pewis last year uh, and that, you know, he was someone, uh, you know, they were interested in there. Um, So I suppose it's not a great surprise that they've turned to him. You know, he's a guy who's never been relegated as a player or a manager in his career uh, and he knows his way. Around the championship, he's got good contacts. Uh, he's managed at the highest level. Uh, you know, he did a great job at Stoke, second time around in the Premier League, him to Europe, a cup final. So he ticks a lot of boxes. Uh, you know, for the club in what they need right now, and uh, I think above everything else, what they really need is stability. You know, they've just not had that now for a number of years. Uh, you know, that's. I think, uh, you know, you've, you've got the Steve Bruce um, leaving. That's the exception to the rule. I think there's been too much upheaval at the football club. Uh, and What they're, I think, banking on now with Tony Pewis is that, uh, given time, he'd turn things around and start to sort of build solid foundations so they can start looking up the table rather than looking over the shoulder.
3: I think we can all see why Chancery's gone with Tony Pulis. Um, Do you agree with the decision though, or would you personally have preferred to see someone like Paul Cook or or like Ryan Lowe?
2: I think that, I mean, whatever decision the club were going to make, I think was going to divide opinion. You know, you could look online at social media that not, yeah, Paul Cook wasn't the number one choice for everybody. You know, I think I know that initially probably was a groundswell of a public um, you know, fanfare for Paul Cook in that he's a guy who is renowned for playing attractive football and he's got promotions on his CV and he's maybe a sort of a younger, up-and-coming British manager. Uh, but I think for Wednesday what they want is not just someone that can get them out of a relegation battle, but, you know, to also, you know, have that pedigree of then challenging at the top end of the table. And if you look back at, uh, you know, Middlesbrough, his last club, Tony Pewis, he took them to the playoff semi-finals and then they missed out on the playoffs the following, you know, year, finishing seventh. So, um you know, he's been at, A number of clubs, uh, and he knows what it takes, and I think that probably is what swayed Wednesday towards Tony Pulis in the end. That uh, you know he's a guy who I think if you asked him, you know, it's probably the biggest club that Tony Pulis. You know, he's managed what this is his eleventh managerial job. This is probably the biggest of his career, Uh, and uh, you know, he you know he spoke. Uh, And about how this is an enormous challenge for him. There's a lot that needs to happen and needs to change at Sheffield Wednesday to bring sort of that positivity, I think, back to the place. You know, they've been really on a downward spiral since 2017. Uh, And I think that actually, Gary Monk, I mean, his legacy will be that he has started, I think. the the turnover of players, the churn of players that needed to happen uh, and that he's cleared the decks a little bit. And and so actually, I think he may have made Tony Pewis' job a little bit easier in that respect, but there's there's no getting away from it. There's an awful lot of work still for Tony Pewis to do and he's going to need time and people are going to, I think, um, have to maybe lower their expectations a little bit um, for the next, say, twelve months or so,
1: while he, uh, you know, puts his stamp on the club. Now we heard uh, the press conference yesterday's first press conference being introduced to the media. Uh, you were obviously part of that uh, Zoom call, uh, listening to what he had to say. And um, what were your first impressions of the Welshman? I thought he spoke really well, and you can see that he's a charismatic
2: guy uh, and that he's been around the block. um, And, you know, he was jovial and he was composed and very good at dodging questions that he didn't want to answer. uh, As you know, you've come to expect, really, that, you know, this guy's um, just a very seasoned operator. uh, And I thought that, you know, he spoke. Really well, and I think actually the the reaction has been from the fan base. I think he's actually won the hearts and minds a lot now of of Wednesday fans from what he said about the aim of trying to be the biggest club in Sheffield and taking Wednesday to the, you know the Premier League um, and you know having that strong relationship with the chairman. Uh, you know that he's you know sort of mentioned and spoke about how important that is, um and bringing Kieran Westwood back into the fold uh again, I think that that was a a big box ticks in the eyes of a lot of Wednesday fans you know who believe he is the best goalkeeper that Wednesday have got on their books. So it looks as if they're going to try and get him registered, so he's going to be able to play a part um in the rest of the season. Um, and that uh, you know, I think he just made a lot of the right noises, uh, and I think that it's a really, I think it's a sensible appointment. But you know, Tony Peelis isn't daft. He knows that he's going to be judged on results, and and that you know, actions will speak louder than words, uh, and so he knows that what will buy him time is taking Wednesday on a positive run and stringing some positive results together, that's what's going to give him the time to then implement his long-term vision at the football club.
3: We all know the style of play that Tony Fulis has has gone for in his career. And it's it's something that follows him around, really. And he he said yesterday, he kind of alluded to it, that he gets pigeonholed a bit. Do you... Share the concerns of of fans about the style of play that if results don't come, it could get really uh, boring to watch. Do you share those concerns? And and do you think those tactics can be a little bit outdated in today's uh, game?
2: I understand where fans are coming from, that uh, they will have reservations and concerns over the style of play. I I think what we'll see with Tony Pewis and what he made clear from his press conference is that he's going to... Play and find a system that suits the squad of players that he's got, and that's got to be the right approach. So, that so far this season, Wednesday have pretty much always played 3 5 2. Um, and it would be a big surprise to me if he now takes the team away from that um, to begin with. Uh, but I think it brings some players, you know, back in. You know, from the cold like Westwood. You know, if he gets registered, maybe Jordan Rhodes might get more of a um, a look in than before. Uh, and I think that that's what he's going to do. I think he's, it's the man management skills that's what he brings to the table. And I think he knows how to massage you know, players' egos. He knows which ones are going to need the kick up the backside. Um, and that you know the, the the I mean the modern player is different from. Thirty years ago, or from when he was playing, and from yeah, yeah, he's been in management for 28 years. So I, I think he has, you know, he would say that he has adapted. Um and and, and for me, I mean, what it fundamentally boils down to with Sheffield Wednesday is that I, I've been covering the club and watched a lot of the team for the last decade. And there's been one outstanding season, and that was when they got to the playoff final in 2016 under Carlos Carvalho. Um, but since they fell out of the Premier League in 2000 how many other great seasons have there been of where they've played free-flowing entertaining football where's it got them I think it's got to the stage now where if you ask most Wednesdayites out there they'd probably say that if Tony Pewis' so-called boring and turgid football if that ends up taking them back to the promised land in say a year two years however you know, long it takes, then they won't care. And Tony Pulis will be—it probably be remembered. If he, whoever gets and cracks the code at Sheffield Wednesday and takes Sheffield Wednesday to the Premier League, will join an elite club of. Of you look at Ron Atkinson, Trevor Francis, those sort of glory days of the early nineties. That's what. know the the sort of group and challenge that you're trying to get to, really, to get talks in those sort of circles. And so that's what I think has been very attractive to Tony Pulis. And I think, you know,
1: one of the reasons why he's taken the job. Now, moving from Pulis's effect on the squad to the other way around, basically, because we know that this, this squad at the moment is pretty much, one way or another, Gary Monk's squad. He's the one that he's assembled over... This, the period of say 14 months with a little bit of infusion from Steve Bruce. Do you think the squad will suit Pulis's style of football in that in that direct sort of style? Do you think he, he'll get the best out of Brown? And obviously, he was talking about uh, Barry Bannon as well. Will he get the best out of him as well?
2: Well, one of the interesting comments that um, Tony Pulis made in the hour and 20 press conference that he did yesterday was that. Um, he's not sure about Callum Patterson's best position, which I found a bit of an eye-opener in the sense that he's really the only big physical, direct striker, I would say, that Wednesday've got on their books right now. So if he changes his position, uh, and Tony Pueless went on to say that he only thinks, or only said that they've got two strikers at the moment that are fit, and that's uh, Josh Windass and Jordan Rhodes. So that was what he name-checked. And we've seen um, Elias Kachunga uh, play up front. Um, Jack Marriott, again, has really struggled since joining Wednesday. You know, that's well-documented. But, yeah, um, it's one of them where, no, I don't think it's completely his... Ideal squad uh, that I think you know. That's where you need multiple transfer windows for him to be able to wheel and deal. January is notoriously a difficult market to operate in, so I think he will be limited in what he can do in January. But then next summer, I think that's when you'll you'll see similar to Gary Monk this year, you know, who made nine signings. I think Tony Pulis will do the bulk of his business next summer. Um, I think. And, we, we you know, the you know, Wednesday's chairman, Dapon Chantere, has spoken a lot about he's still not giving up on playoffs, promotions, always his aim at the start of every season. But with the points deficit that Wednesday've had and the start, it's going to take one heck of a run for them to be anywhere near that top six. And I don't think that's realistic. And for me, all that this season is about is consolidation. It's staying up in the championship and so it will be mission accomplished as far as I'm concerned if Tony Pulis keeps Wednesday in the division this season and then they look to push on next year
3: and obviously we know that the problem at Wednesday's been a lack of goals and not having the ability to create chances Pulis teams aren't really renowned for scoring a lots lots of goals they're more renowned for being really hard to beat at the other end do you think that Pulis will be able to solve When's his attacking problems, or do you think he'll just make them so hard to beat that one goal in a lot of games will be enough to pick up more than enough points throughout the season?
2: No, I think he knows that they've got to find goals from everywhere. They've got they've got to change and turn that around. You know, six and eleven matches, it's not going to get the job done. Uh, and so I think that that will be very high on his agenda. Uh, in that. I think you certainly will try to make more of set pieces and dead ball situations. I actually thought Wednesday started off fairly promising this season under Gary Monk. I thought that um, you know from set pieces, I thought that you know there'd been a bit of work on the training ground. They scored one goal at Rochdale with Josh Windass, where it was well worked, and then they they seemed to go away from that um, that sort of promising start they made, but. I've got no doubt whatsoever that knowing Tony Piers' background and how um, you know, you know, he talks a lot about the basics, attention to detail. That I, I'm pretty sure that you know, in terms of his structure and the way that he operates, he'd be looking at and thinking that uh, yeah, they need uh, to score more goals from set pieces for a start, and they should be doing really with the defenders and the players they've got. When you get Shade Unpley fit, I know Aidan Flint, Flint is probably not going to be available until the new year. Tom Lees, Dominic Iolfer, those players, they should be chipping in, really, if you get good service and delivery into the box. And when they've got that, I think, with Izzy Brown and Barry Bannon, that you know they should be scoring double figures between them easily. Uh, so I, I think it'd be marginal gains, and that's what... He'd be targeting but they, they need more goals from across the pitch and, and I think that's where um, you know the issues lie you know and the stats don't lie from this season that six goals and 11 matches is a desperately disappointing return and uh, yeah you know you can keep clean sheets and and Stuart Gray um, was very big on you know you start with a clean sheet and it's yeah, there you go. You've got a point on the board straight away. But for Wednesday to get out of the position they're in, they need to be winning football matches on a consistent basis. And so, yeah, sorting the goal output and also the home form are massive for Tony Pierce. I think they're you know really it's really important that they, they turn things around at Hillsborough um, as this year the, the record
1: has been pretty wretched to put it mildly. And uh, one of the other big talking points from that press conference was, as we said, uh, the inclusion or return of inclusion, shall we say, of Kieran Westwood. Now, he wasn't featured under Gary Monk. He was sort of pushed aside and uh, and relegated to to training with the under-23s. So why has Tony Pulis come out and saying that they're trying to get Westwood back in the fray again? And where's this change come from, from under Monk? Every manager is
2: different, and we've not just seen it with Gary Monk. We saw it with Jos Lukai, where, again, he was ostracised under him. Uh, so it's interesting how two of, sort of the, the more experienced British managers have taken the view in Steve Bruce and now Tony Pewis that as soon as they've come, come into the football club, they've gone or identified and, and believed that Kieran Westwood is the best goalkeeper. That Wednesday got on their books, um, and and I I don't think he will have done it to uh, get the the fans on board or on side. And yeah, you know, I think he, he for start will have come across Kevin Westwood no doubt uh, in his long managerial career. Uh, so he may already know him a little bit in terms of the character, what he's like, what he bring, and what he offer. Um, but I think it's it's one of those two where Westwood is a Wednesday player until the end of the season, and so I think he's maybe gone and looked at it before. Well, <laughs> what's the point in uh, having him around if you're not going to use him? Uh, and and so I think they're looking to get him registered in time for Preston at the weekend uh, and going off um the statement the comments that Tony Pulis made on Kieran Westwood and he didn't say too much but he made it pretty clear and you know i think what again was very apparent about Tony Pewis is that he's going to be very honest and upfront with the players um the media the fans everybody uh, that he thinks that Kieran Westwood is one of the best goalkeepers you know in the league uh, and and so It'll be, I think that what will be interesting is that, I don't know whether he would have had a conversation with Joe Wildsmith and Cameron Dawson, it's, it's how they're going to react to that as well, that it would it would appear that Kieran Westwood is going to be number one again um, under Tony Pulis. But I suppose one other thing to factor in is that Kim Westwood hasn't played any football for 12 months. And he hasn't played any competitive football, uh, even at under twenty threes level. He's not been involved there, Um, so whether he'd be ready straight away to, uh, you know, be put into the championship arena again, I think remains to be seen. But yeah, some people say it was a bold decision or whatever to bring Kieran Westwood back in. But I I think again, it's it's a sensible decision, really, in that uh, you you don't want someone with his quality on the pitch, um, to just be completely discarded um, and away from the group. So you might as well bring him back in, have a look and see what he's got to offer.
3: I guess this is me asking you to put your neck on the line a bit here. Um, This season, what do do you see Wednesday staying up? And then from the future, do you think Pulis can be the man um, to lead them up the table. What's your sort of gut instinct with that? Will he be able to get them challenging towards the top end of the table in the in the next few years?
2: Really hard to say, isn't it? Um, that, you know, we've seen how unpredictable Wednesday are in the last few years, and we've seen it this season that you, you look at the results and they've got great wins away at Cardiff and Bournemouth, and then they've come a cropper against you know, some of the lesser sides, and that consistency is something, and it's the mentality actually, you know, Gary Monk talked about the sort of mental fragility of this group, and that's going to be one of Tony Peel's biggest challenges, and I'm sure in doing uh, that and trying to rectify it, he will bring in his own players, he'll bring in his own coaching staff this week, and try and lift the place, and turn Wednesday into winners, that's right now, um, what we're seeing is a group that can deliver one week good results, and then another, you know, another um, can be really disappointing and yeah, you know, frustrating really in how inconsistent they are. So, um, I, I yeah, I believe to answer your question, I think Tony Pulis will keep them up this season. I've got no doubt. I think uh, pretty much um, with his experience organization structure that he put in place they're not always going to be pretty on the eye they get the results though to keep them in the division and then it will be a case of can he bring in the attacking quality the flair creativity they will need at the top end of the pitch um to improve them there um so yeah, this season, just stay up and then I think take it from there. I, I'd like to think that Wednesday will be pushing and looking at the top end of the championship in 12 months' time. That would be great. But again, there's so much work that's got to go in, though. And I think there's a lot of things that, have, uh, that Tony Peelis needs to get right for that to actually happen.
1: You heard it here, you heard it here first, folks. Um, Dom, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to speak to you this morning. Really appreciate you uh, giving up your time to speak to us. Yeah, no problem. Cheers, guys, for having us on. Cheers. Thank you, Dom Housen There, here on football from. Great to speak to him as as ever. Um, so obviously. That's the expert opinion. Now it's time for our experts' opinion, and before we get the thoughts of Connor, um, we were alluding to it uh, earlier on there. But let's just get a quick word on uh, on Tony Pulis in his first press conference. When you look at the football
0: club, like I say, and, and you look at it in respect of the you know the enormous support they can get, the enormous following they could get, and I, I, you know, no disrespect to Sheffield United, but I think if this club, if you've got this club into the premiership it, it would just it, it, you know it, it would be the biggest club in Sheffield um, and at the moment we're not um, because Sheffield United are and, and what Chris has done over what has he been there five six years um you know there's been five or six years stability there, um you know and, and they've re- the reward of the stability of, of you know that Chris has brought them um my biggest aim my biggest thought at this present moment is just assessing everything. And I mean everything. I've been around and had meetings with uh, with all the different um, people at the football club who work closely around the first team, um, just to find out their views, um, what they think is needed to improve it, what they think they can achieve themselves without you know, any you know, help from myself, um, and getting get into a stage where I really get a good feel for it.
1: Now, that is one bold statement to make. Um, Sheffield Wednesday being a bigger club than Sheffield United, ooh, I don't know if that'll go down well on the red side of the city.
3: Connor, what's your take on Tony Pulis? Well, you know he wasn't my first choice and I'm not going to pretend that I'm over the moon about it. Um, I wanted Paul Cook or Ryan Lowe, ideally, purely because I think they would have got more out of the attacking players that we've, that we've got. The, the biggest problem has been a lack of goals. Um, but having said that, I can completely understand why we've gone for Tony Pulis and I think we could have done a lot worse. You've seen some of the names that we've been linked with. Phil Neville. I would have been a lot more annoyed if we'd have gone for somebody with absolutely no managerial experience in the men's club game, shall we say, because international management is a completely different ball game and obviously women's football is completely different so it would have been difficult for me to get very excited about that and then I think Saul Campbell was also linked and whilst I don't think Saul Campbell is necessarily a bad manager and he doesn't deserve a lot of the stick that he takes on Twitter I don't think it would have been right giving it to somebody who hasn't really had a job above the sort of relegation zone in League One I think he needs to prove himself at that level first so we could have definitely done worse. Um, he's got a track record that's, you know, successful, even if it's not pretty. Um, I believe he'll keep us up, which is the main thing for this season. So, short term, it's a good appointment. I can't really deny that. Um, I, I'm, I don't think it's a guarantee that we'll stay up, but I think because we'll now be so hard to beat under Tony Pulis, I think, like Dom said there, we'll be. A lot better from set pieces. I think we'll... well, I mean, we've got to score more goals than what we scored under Gary Monk, 6-11. Even though p isn't renowned for getting the best out of his attacking players, I think because he's such an experienced operator, he'll find a way of improving that record. Not to the point where it's, you know, sort of up there with sort of mid-table in the league in terms of goal scoring. I think we'll still struggle to score goals. And I still think that in terms of goal scoring throughout the season, we'll probably be around the sort of third lowest scorers or something like that, but I think it'll make us so well organised and so hard to beat that we will have enough to stay up this season. Um, I don't, and it was interesting what Dom said there, and I picked up on this yesterday, probably the most interesting thing that Pulis said was that he doesn't see, he kind of implied that he doesn't see Patterson as a striker. Now, if he doesn't see him as a striker, it's going to be difficult to play his normal sort of style um, because nobody else is able to win those um, aerial battles. Nobody is as, is as physical as him. So it'd be that that could be very interesting. And could we see a style played by Tony Pulis that we don't normally associate with him? That There's every chance that that could happen um, because he did say that he'd go in, see what um, system suits the squad and play to that. And I think he did allude to the fact that he played very direct football with Stoke because that was how the team was best set up. And obviously they had a lot of success with that. Um so that's gonna be interesting. So short term, good appointment. And I think he's I can see why chancery has gone for him. He's I don't like saying it too much, but he's he's probably the safest pair of hands that he could go for in the fact that he's not an unknown quantity. I think if we'd have gone with Ryan Lowe, it would have been more of a risk because he's not managed at the level before. But I also think that the importance of championship experience can sometimes get exaggerated. I still think Ryan Lowe would have kept us up uh, and Paul Cook. So it would have been a nice, happy medium between that. He would have played a decent style and he's still... Young and upcoming are still, at least he's, he's relatively young. He's definitely upcoming. His career tra- trajectory is on an upwards curve. Um, and he's got experience of keeping teams up in a similar situation. Well, trying to keep a team up in a similar situation. If we're gonna have a six point deduction, they'd have stayed up last season. So that was why Cook was my number one choice. Um, but yeah, like I say, I think Pulis is 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 definitely the most experienced. And I can't understand why Chancery's gone with it. My concern will be long-term. Uh, after this season, where do we go? Can I see Pulis taking us into the playoffs? Not really. I, d- I don't know if I can see that. And that's not something that I'd necessarily expect from a Wednesday manager at this point with the financial situation. But I think if Pulis plays the football that we associate him with, where it's really grim, long ball football and it's sort of grinding out 1-0 wins and it's going to away games and not really having a go and losing 1-0 because that will happen at times. If Wednesday fans will put up with that, but I think to compensate for such a boring brand of football that we could potentially see, you'd want them to be fighting towards the top end of the league. And I think if my concern is if it ends up being sort of mid-table mediocrity playing the football, the the style of football that we associate Tony Pulis with, because although fans will say, yeah, it's taken us out of relegation zone, and they don't care if as long as we win. I think if we're sort of stuck in mid table, I always think that you may as well entertain and be mid table rather than bore people to death and be mid table. So that that's those are my concerns. Obviously, I could be completely wrong. Tony Pulis might come in. And he, he he did hint at the fact that he's got to adapt himself to the modern game. So maybe he will be more attacking. Maybe. I'm, I'm not expecting him to come out and blow us away with entertaining attractive football. I'm not saying that at all. So maybe he will play a brand of football that's, you know, not necessarily pleasing on the eye, but that isn't necessarily turgid and the sort of stuff that we saw at Middlesbrough at times and West Brom at times and, and maybe Stoke towards the end of his reign. So maybe I'll be completely wrong or maybe he will have us fighting towards the playoffs. I think, obviously, now it's important that he does get time, even though he's not my number one choice. You've got to judge him like any other manager, really. You've got to judge him now on the results that he can achieve with Wednesday. Um, and it won't be a, a quick process of getting us towards the top end, like Dom said. We'll probably have to have a few transfer windows and and see where it takes us. So I guess I've, I guess I've kind of warmed to the idea. I think anything with managerial appointments if you go for someone that you don't want at first you always sort of warm yourself to them after a bit and sort of get round to the idea of um whoever you didn't want managing your club but let's see how he goes from here. I'll you know if I was if I was at games to give him my support, I would be giving him my support, but obviously that's not possible at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> it, hopefully
1: that uh, instead of being can they do it on a cold Wednesday night at the Britannia. It'll become can they do it on a cold Wednesday night at Hillsborough and we'll see how things go on. But that's your lot from this Sheffield Wednesday special of Football Forum. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday, as usual, for The Normal Show. From all of us, take care. Bye-bye.
2: Shoe Radio. It's a day.
0: Bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum.